Welcome to Ministry in Motion, a program where we explore best practices for your ministry for the 21st century. I'm Anthony Kent. Whether you live in Georgia or Germany, Florida or France, God wants you to be a great Christian leader. Whether you're a full-time pastor or a lay leader of your Christian fellowship, God wants to use you to impact your world. Today, we'll talk with Bill Knott, editor of Adventist Review and Adventist World. Bill, thanks so much for coming on and being a guest for Ministry in Motion. Today, we're looking at integrity. Mm. Why don't we begin? Lead us. What, what does integrity mean? Define it for us. Well, you first have to offer a disclaimer when you start talking about integrity, because no one should probably advance themselves as, as the paragon of integrity. In fact, yes. one of the things I do as I work with groups and do presentations about integrity is draw attention to the fact that integrity is not a label we can apply to ourselves. Integrity is something that others see in us or sense in us. It's what they attribute to us. It's not something we label ourselves. Exactly. Yeah. The difficulty is that if we think of integrity as I did, I acted with integrity, we are often in what some call a closed loop. Mm -hmm. We are simply assessing our actions by our current standards. Integrity says you're being measured, you're being referenced by external standards. The Word of God, the expectations of your community, the ethical practices, the norms of your profession in ministry. These are the things that determine whether you have integrity or not. They're externals. Those are externals. Right. I often do an exercise when I'm leading a group in talking about integrity to ask them, what do you think integrity means? And if I were to pose that question to you, you would say... Honesty, loyalty, faithfulness. Those are all good answers but they probably aren't themselves integrity. Mm -hmm. They are things related to integrity. Yes, a person with integrity has honesty. Yes, a person with, who has integrity acts loyally in relationships. But integrity itself is about a condition of wholeness. In fact, if we go back and try to figure out where did this word come from and how did it begin acquiring these other meanings, we discover that it's actually related to a word you probably first ran across in a mathematics class many, many years ago. Do we want to go back there? No, I don't want to go back to math, quite frankly. But the word is integer. Mm -hmm. And if you ask that same group of persons, what is an integer? They'll always say a whole number. Yes, integrity means like integer, being a whole number. Okay. One clear, clean thing all the way through, unmixed. It sounds like consistent. Consistency is closest to the heart of it. The, this is why it, we can't, in fairness, apply the label to ourselves. Right. I don't know without the Word of God in my conscience whether I am acting with consistency. In fact, my premise is that integrity is a, an attribute the community sees or senses in us, and usually after watching us for a period of time, they say, you know, that man, that woman is acting consistently with their principles. They have integrity. That means they're honest, they're candid, they're loyal, they act with ethical norms of their profession, but those are not themselves integrity. Integrity is the whole package put together. Mm. 
let's let's keep that definition and let's apply it say to time uh -huh. How do we act with integrity in, in relation to time? And remember, integrity is going to be judged by the people we are shepherding, not by how we think we ran our weekly schedule. Mm -hmm. They're going to be the ones who say he used his time, she used her time with integrity. Mm -hmm. I often go back to an example that comes out of my reading of church history. Geoffrey Chaucer in Canterbury Tales, that volume that many of us touched way back when, mm -hmm. used, described what he called the country parson by saying this. He says, wide was his parish, houses far asunder, but never would he fail in rain or thunder to visit to the greatest, small or great. Here was a man, according to Chaucer, who had integrity but he used his time faithfully as a shepherd in a way that his flock knew that this man was acting responsibly. He wasn't, as Chaucer goes on to explain, mm -hmm. running off to London. He wasn't spending his time idly. Mm -hmm. He wasn't overworking either. Mm -hmm. He was a whole number. And actually Chaucer gives to the country parson in that famous description in there, one of the most favorable biographies of any of the many characters he surveys. He clearly was attracted to the notion of a pastor who had integrity. Well, frankly, everyone is when a pastor uses their time with integrity, meaning not running madly all over the area, nor mm -hmm. on the other hand, sitting back and waiting for crises to develop and come to me. How am I using my time as a shepherd would? Mm -hmm. Where are the needs? planning, thinking consistently, acting with principle, acting with habits, using method. The, the word that comes to my mind is balance. And this isn't the whole notion of a whole number. Yeah. It's a balanced thing at, yeah. at its heart. One of the challenges of our profession of pastoral ministry is that we do not have many people scrutinizing our time. Not and, too many looking over our shoulder. And in fact, most of us operate with a degree of freedom unknown in the rest of the work world. Mm -hmm. We are on our own and observed by relatively few except in certain public events. It's all the more important then that when we act, we do so in ways that are transparent to our, those we are shepherding. They will understand, yes, I know that he's giving a faithful return for the employment that's being offered him. Mm -hmm. She's acting in a way that's consistent with the best time management for this group of people in this community at this moment. Mm. Well, thanks so much, Bill. We've, we've covered and defined integrity. We've looked at uh, integrity in, in relation to time and the importance of balance. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. We're gonna take a break right now, but we'll be back with more on integrity with Bill Knott. Stay tuned, Ministry in Motion will be right back. Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our guest in this program is Bill Knott. We're exploring integrity. And Bill, we've just defined integrity. We've looked at it as it relates to time and we found out that many pastors have somewhat of a luxury where there are not too many people who are closely scrutinizing their use of, use of time. 
What would you suggest as a, a way that a pastor could be more transparent mm. in, in their integrity with time? One of the practices that I learned over time to use that helped persuade those who I was working with in a parish setting that I was using time with integrity was by being very transparent about my schedule. Publishing to my leadership group and as much as was reasonable to the wider congregation what they could expect of me with my time. If it's Monday, I'm going to be here and I'm going to be using my time. I'll be making visits in homes or hospital visits on Monday afternoon. Mm -hmm. If it's Tuesday, I've got a series of morning committees or afternoon appointments, but opening up my schedule so that people know. It also has to do with how we communicate what happens. Mm. One of the pastors that I found myself admiring the most used his weekly electronic newsletter to simply allude to the many things he had done. He did it casually, without boasting, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. people knew that he was active in that parish, that he was visiting, stopping in, and everywhere around that parish, people were alert to the fact this man is doing faithful work. He, he's acting as a whole number. Mm -hmm. Accountability is something we often have to go out and create for ourselves. Yes. There aren't going to be a group of watchdogs looking over our shoulders in a typical parish environment. We have to go and say, I want you to know what my schedule is. Yeah. I want you to see into my life. It sounds healthy. It, it creates a set of reasonable expectations. It also works to the advantage of the pastor's family. If you know when I'm on, then you know that I have a right to be off duty as well. Mm -hmm. This is my family evening and short of an emergency, I won't be taking other appointments or calls on Tuesday night. Yeah. This is a family night. This is that balance with integrity. One of the great challenges of perhaps a senior pastor coaching and training or mentoring an intern is that the intern is scrutinizing the senior pastor's almost every move. How, how does that, how did, how did that work for you and with, with integrity? It, one of the ironies of my particular career path was that in almost every parish I served, I had one or more persons working very closely alongside of me. Uh, either an intern pastor who shadowed me for a year or more. In one parish where they were right next door to a seminary, I had as many as 15 students assigned to me who rotated through most of my schedule in a typical week. Mm -hmm. Had I wished to hide much, there wouldn't have been much opportunity. And I decided that actually rather than resenting that influence, this would help promote my acting with integrity, with transparency. If someone knew how I was using my time, if someone knew that I was observing the right professional boundaries, if someone knew that I was speaking as a professional would and not acting with anger or irritation in moments, it would contribute to the reputation God had given me for ministry in that place. Mm. Uh, being accountable isn't always easy. Being shadowed in ministry isn't easy. But it does help us begin to find the norms that our community expects of us, of people who are in this sacred profession. Yeah. You know, ministry is, in many respects, reasonably public. Yes. There are quite a few people looking at various aspects. With our integrity with time, how do we protect ourselves and, and put in place legitimate and reasonable boundaries? 
one of the features that I found useful was to negotiate that early on in every parish that I served with the key church leaders who represented the wider congregation. Mm -hmm. What do you expect of a pastor? Mm -hmm. If you don't tell me, I will otherwise act off whatever my habits have been before. That might not meet the needs here. Talk with me about what you expect. I will then share with you my expectations of how many hours a week I'm likely on average to contribute to this ministry mm -hmm. and how I will respond when you have to call me in the middle of the night yeah. for an emergency. Negotiating that out with leadership is a key part of setting the expectations. If I'm meeting those agreed upon expectations, people will say that man's acting with integrity. Mm -hmm. And do you see integrity actually protecting boundaries as well. It, if, if I have a set of habits that help me do the same thing consistently day in and day out, they are a moral and ethical protection for me in ministry. That means for me when I would do counseling appointments, I would deliberately seek environments in which I could have the necessary quietness to speak confidentially with a member who wanted to talk with me, but that I always did so knowing that there was someone immediately adjacent to that counseling environment so that per everyone would know nothing untoward is happening here. Yeah. Others would be there to observe whether I was in fact keeping the boundaries. They didn't know the content of the conversation, but they. this is where years ago I went into several uh, congregations and where the pastor's study was. I said, please, would you please have a window installed in the door? And they said, well, why? And I said, because I want it very apparent to everyone that nothing is being hidden behind this door. Mm, uh, mm. I, it, I want people to know that while they aren't going to listen in, they should know that I expect to be accountable in this ministry. Mm, mm. So accountability in terms of integrity with our time yeah. and also with our, our boundaries, how we live our lives as Christian pastors, being exposed in a sense to to people who we are ministering to. What about confidentiality? Mm. It's a big issue that for pastors as they think about what integrity means. And there are fewer errors that a pastor can make that will create greater damage than lacking integrity on the issue of confidentiality. Persons are sh often sharing with us some of the most challenging, difficult, painful experiences of their lives. And if they don't believe or come to believe that there is a, a person listening to them who will keep confidentiality with them, uh, accepting those matters that may cross a legal threshold, but for the normal kinds of things in which a parishioner might talk with a pastor, they must have confidence that I'm not going to be telling other persons about this or making reference in uh, supposedly obscure sermon illustrations or mm -hmm. saying, this happened to me in my last parish. It won't take long for people to connect the dots if we don't act with confidentiality. I've watched this happen in, in a number of environments where pastors didn't understand the expectations of the persons who trusted them with things they thought of as deeply confidential. And the damage that was done to a ministry can be profound when that happens. Mm. Bill, we, we need to explore this aspect of confidentiality more. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back with Ministry in Motion and more insights into integrity.
Welcome back to Ministry in Motion. Our guest today is Bill Knott, editor of Adventist Review and Adventist World, and we're exploring integrity. We've been through a number of uh, aspects of integrity. We've defined it. We've looked at it in terms of boundaries, and now we're exploring confidentiality. Mm -hmm. Bill, lead us. You know, I've, I've wrestled with this issue of confidentiality because it has important moral and ethical and legal implications in certain environments. There are certain things that someone may tell us that have important legal implications and we cannot always assure people a blanket confidentiality when they first approach us as though I will never ever under any circumstances report this. If they report to us, for instance, in many jurisdictions, abuse of a minor, or if they report to us certain kinds of criminal activities, mm -hmm. we may not, and we need to know the law in our jurisdiction, we may not be able to offer them and, and shouldn't wisely offer beforehand they, that. We may need to tell them, share with me what I can help you with, but recognize that if you share certain kinds of information, I may be bound to report it. So a blanket promise of confidentiality. Which we're often tempted to make because yes. it, we think this establishes a system of trust. I faced this dilemma in a unique challenge as a young pastor. I went into an environment a week after arriving. One of the individuals who was working along to be assigned to work alongside me in a part-time capacity was arrested for sexually abusing a minor in our community. Yeah. He was imprisoned, naturally mm -hmm. enough, and I wanted to find how I could minister to him in that prison environment. I quickly discovered that it was one of the more complex ones as related to confidentiality and what integrity meant. Not only was the, the individual who had acted out of bounds a member of my congregation, so was the victim and so was the police chief in that town. Oh, really? And here I was in an environment trying to understand. What I learned I had to do is go and get counsel. Mm -hmm. Not all aspects of confidentiality are immediately apparent to us. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have to know what the law tells us. And in that case, I went and sought the counsel of a much more senior and experienced pastor. Again, not sharing details that he shouldn't have known, but asking, what do I, would I do in a situation like this? I got good counsel. It helped me sort my way through. I believe as a result of that counsel, not because of my own skill, I was able to act with integrity in handling that situation and figuring out what in fact had to be reported and what I should keep between that parishioner and myself. But that isn't always immediately apparent to us by what we come to the situation with. We, all of us in pastoral ministry, learn our craft and develop as professionals by talking where appropriate with peers, not again discussing the specifics, but asking how would you act if you were faced with a situation of this generic kind? That input we get from our peers helps us understand the ethical norms that they expect and our parishioners expect of us. You know, a natural person that we often talk to is our spouse, of course. Mm. How do we maintain confidentiality when it comes to our spouse? With the, the, the professional world of the pastor, yes. there are things that impact upon us. Oh. Should we be debriefing with our spouse or should we be looking for, for other opportunities? Colleagues, as you alluded to before, what would you suggest is the, the best place to go? We have a natural instinct to, to want to talk about the things that are burdening us or frustrating us. And 
and we often think of that person closest to us in a marriage as a person to, to share these things with. But we may be, in many instances, breaking either a, an explicit or implied pledge of confidentiality with that parishioner who shared something with us if we tell it to our spouse. There are times when it's necessary to say, yes, you're right, I've had a bad day, I, I've heard some very challenging things, and I just need to know that you love me and you support me, but mm -hmm. please don't ask me questions because I can't preserve my pledge to that person and share details with you. Yes. That, when, that's, when it's stated in a loving fashion, mm -hmm. it, it, it often, we gain what we need, the love and support of a spouse, without breaking that pledge of confidentiality we've made. And people are often sharing with us vulnerable, difficult, painful pieces of their lives which even our spouse may not have the right to know or to share in because they are also often part of that same worshiping community and we are changing their relationships if we break that pledge of confidentiality. Exactly. So where do you suggest a pastor should turn? There are environments which a pastor can go to. I was in one community I lived in part of a, uh, a pastor's group that met mm -hmm. once a month with an area counselor, not for counseling, but to learn how to do the work of pastoral counseling. And we were each asked, removing all names and all identifying characteristics, to present case histories of persons we were talking with. Mm -hmm. I would bring to those groups, they were not pastors even of my own faith, mm -hmm. I could be assured that nothing was going to move out, and I would share without names some of the complex situations I was listening to, and I would ask for counsel. In that abundance of counselors, there was great wisdom. I began to hear how my peers in ministry would answer these things. I began to understand what integrity meant to them in handling this thing consistently as a whole person, knowing when to refer persons to others who had greater skill than I did. Integrity is about knowing where my skills end and where I need to refer them to yours. Mm. It's about knowing what helps me stay centered and balanced as a ministry professional and when I must, in fact, place someone in need in the hands of a more qualified person. Mm. Mm. So, Bill, like, the, the takeaway points yeah. from, from our program today, how would you summarize the, the essential points that we can take away from this? If we understand integrity as beginning with the notion of personal and professional wholeness, of mm -hmm. balance, then the way I approach my time, my relationships, my pledges of confidentiality, all focus around this notion of wholeness and balance. Mm -hmm. If I don't have that, if I'm lurching one way or the other, if I'm reacting instead of acting consistently out of principle, I may be in danger of not acting with integrity. God calls us, calls each of us, to do things from that place where we have been healed and we offer his healing to other. That's what creates the wholeness behind integrity. Thanks so much, Bill. And thanks so much to our viewers too for joining us on Ministry in Motion. We're looking forward to your, the pleasure of your company next time. You can come to our website, ministryinmotion.tv, where you can download uh, materials, resources, from this program. They're all free and they're available to pastors, elders, those who are involved in ministry. Until next time, may God bless you and your ministry for Him.